we basically spent like a good 20 minutes just analyzing what it meant to have this image of this 14, 15 year old girl clawing her, her naked body out of, the, out of the mouth of the werewolf. And then we have fun with it. So. Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of Conversation. I'm Brandon T. McClure, with you as always on this journey through fandom culture. I really don't know why I started saying that, but it's kind of caught on and I kind of can't stop saying it. So I hope you enjoy it because, you know, this is kind of a journey for me, honestly. Um, I go through some very interesting waves uh, with fandom and uh, talking to these people have kind of helped me get out of it. Um, and explore my own relationship with fandom. This week I'm joined by Chris Maverick, or Mav, as he likes to be called, uh, from the Vox Pop cast. And oh gosh, oh golly, oh wow. Uh, Vox Pop cast is a more traditional pop culture podcast um, with a, with a um, educational twist, I guess I would call it. Uh, and then Oh Gosh, Oh Golly, Oh Wow is a podcast where he goes through all of the issues of Excalibur, the original Excalibur run. This is a lot, guys. Uh, I'm not going to lie. He talks a mile a minute. Um, but there's a lot of really good stuff here. He has a lot of really great insight. He is an academic, so he does bring a different perspective than you've heard on this podcast before. Um, I think a really valuable perspective, and I think you guys are going to get a lot out of this one. But like I said, he does talk really fast, and uh, uh, I had a hard time getting a word in edgewise. Not that it really matters. Honestly, the more people talk on the show, the easier my job is. Um, you know, but I tried to throw in an aside or, 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 you know, keep the questions coming. Um, so there is a lot of me being, um, mumbled over because of how the, uh, StreamYard, uh, application works. And I use StreamYard to record these interviews because I have people from all over the world, uh, on the show. You know, I actually feel really good about this show right now. I've had a lot of really solid yeses, uh, for some future guests, um, that I have not recorded yet at the time of this recording. Um, so, Man, just really happy with how the show is turning out. And I thank you all for listening uh, every week and uh, just going on this journey with me. I don't really have much more to add uh, up top, so I'm just going to uh, remind everyone that if you want to be a part of this podcast, please email me at fakenerdguys at gmail.com. The link is in the description below. Also, you know, links below for everywhere that you find Chris Maverick and his podcasts, um, just in general. Um, okay. Yeah, without further ado, here's me talking to Chris Maverick. Okay, I am here with Chris Maverick, the host of Vox Podcast, and oh gosh, oh golly, oh wow. Hey. How are you How doing you? today, sir? I'm doing good. How are you? How are you? I'm doing okay. I'm doing okay. A little tired. I, I, we uh, <laughs> we're recording this on a Monday, which is the day after we record our our live shows, which go on for three hours, and I'm I'm beat. Oh, <laughs> I, yeah, I, I have two shows that are an hour and change each. That would kill me. Three hours in one show? Are you? That's insane. <laughs> oh man, I remember when we were only doing an hour long show. That was fun. <laughs> Our, uh, my longer show usually runs about an hour and a half. Uh, I, I, well, we shoot for an hour, but with us BSing around, sometimes it usually goes about at least an hour ten. Sure. Uh, today's episode was one thirty, uh, one thirty on the dot. In fact, so oh, uh, last night's episode was two forty-five. <laughs> <laughs> too too much. <laughs> the post um, on that alone is just. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 my whole Monday, but mm -hmm. we're not here to talk about me. We're here to talk about you. Um, so why don't you tell the audience a bit about your shows? Okay, well, I've got I've got two currently. Um, my longer running one is called Vox Popcast, um, and it is a weekly pseudo academic roundtable of pop culture analysis with drinking and swearing. Um, that is um, how I open the show every week. It is. Um, it comes from an I from a weird idea that happened. I, I I discovered back when I was doing my master's degree that um the conversations 
I was having the same conversations with uh, one of my classmates, one of my colleagues at at school, um, Katya, that I was having with my friend Wayne, who worked in a comic book store. We were literally discussing the same topics all the time because we were all we were into the same sorts of things. But there's a you know there's a slight more geeky spin when you're at the comic book store than there is when you're you know in your office at at uh, at, at grad school. Mm-hmm. And then we thought. But on the other hand, Wayne at the time was doing some adjunct teaching. Uh, he was teaching a comic book course, even though he wasn't technically an academic. He, he always says he he um, likes to pretend he's an academic. He's a very smart guy. But um, he was so um, but we um, people in the comic book store was like, you guys should do a podcast and and you, you could review stuff. And it's like we don't want there are a lot of shows that review geek stuff. We didn't want to do that. But we realized that we do these weird academic um, conversations. So uh, for for context, my area of specialization in in um i'm an um i'm an english phd student currently um my area of expectation is media studies um uh, so, so i do a lot of analysis of culture and gender and race and class sexuality in everything from comic books to tv shows to movies to professional wrestling geek stuff right mm-hmm. um and i was having those conversations at work and then I was having them for fun, you know, either at the store or with my friends at a bar. And Katya and I got to talking and we realized, you know, the interesting parts of our academic conferences aren't the parts where we're sitting there and being all stuffy in suits and ties. It's after the conference is over and you just go and you continue talking about stuff at the bar. And then we decided that's the show right there. So what we do is we we have a topic every week um, just because you give context to your listeners of when we record this. This weekend, it was WandaVision because that was the final <laughs> the final episode of WandaVision was this week. And it's obviously right. the biggest thing in the geek world. Every podcast in the world talked about WandaVision. So we rather than just sort of reviewing it and saying what we liked and what we didn't like, we try to get a mixture of academics, people who study whatever field we've had psychologists on. We've had dramaturgists. We've had history professors. Uh, we have a mixture of academics. And just random fans of the thing, right? So, like, if we're talking, if we're talking pro wrestling, we did one show where we talked pro wrestling, and our guests were a friend of mine who has a PhD in fight choreography at, uh, and he teaches like stage combat. And we had a friend of mine, uh, my I was a pro wrestler for a while, so my former tag team partner who is a professional wrestler now working for the WWE. And we just had them on together talking to each other about what does it what does fight choreography look like in movies and what's realistic and why do you make certain choices when you're, you know, and so you end up with, you know, the wrestler has a different but also very similar perspective to the academic of, you know, they might use different words, but why you might throw a punch in here or a kick in here. Why do you do certain things? So that's always been the show. The show has been, can we get popular people and academic people together? And then we'll sit there and we'll have a beer on the air and we'll just discuss the thing for an hour so that's vox popcast and then oh gosh oh golly oh wow is um a couple of this is just academic friends of mine at least so far we're trying to get some guests on that are just you know fans but uh academic friends of mine in comic book studies we decided we, we all found out that we just had this similar love for uh a comic strip a comic strip a comic book that ran for 10 years from 1988 till 1998 called excalibur it's a Marvel, a Marvel yeah. comic book. Uh, Captain Britain, uh, Nightcrawler, Shadowcat, Phoenix, and Megan were the original cast. So we started a show recently where we are doing an academic analysis of the ten-year comic uh, comic book Excalibur. We're reading one issue every week for the next 127 weeks and we're just going to go through and we're doing the entire run just sort of if you've ever heard a, a movies by minute podcast we're doing that kind of thing but instead of doing just one minute we're doing one issue every um every week and we you know we give a recap um anna who is um sort of the primary host of that show she gives a recap of the story and then we break it down the way that you might if you you know if you're in school and your teacher assigns you to read uh shakespeare or something we do that with Excalibur, but, and we and we you know we're goofy because we're just goofy people. But we try to do the analysis of it in the exact same level of seriousness that you that we would be expected to for work, right? So if we're talking, if if we're going to talk about um uh, about uh so just most recently their most recent episode that aired was uh, Excalibur number three, 
where we or number two where uh kitty gets caught captured by a um by a werewolf um they're villains in the very beginning and there's a point where she has to claw her way she gets eaten by it and she has to claw her way out of her mouth out of its mouth and she emerges naked and we basically spent like a good 20 minutes just analyzing what it meant to have this image of this 14 15 year old girl clawing her her naked body out of the, out of the mouth of the werewolf and then we have fun with it so but it's you know it's a it's a serious conversation where we talk about serious academic issues but it's hopefully fun because it's with something you know people can like instead of um and the same thing with box podcast conversations about something people can like and really enjoy because it's pop culture rather than you know the kind of stuff that you only care about if you're a literary nerd like me you know like i i, I right. enjoy reading you know kafka but i can't you know if i did a show on on that it wouldn't be as popular as it as um as either of these are because we have a lot more people who would rather talk about you know x-men or marvel comic um, or mcu stuff or whatever um and then we do other stuff too so on vox podcast we did a show two weeks on the tv show bridgerton um we talked that was our topic bridgerton uh mm -hmm. netflix which isn't necessarily typical geek stuff but it's a show we all really enjoyed so that so that was the topic um one of our four hosts is um is uh what we call a victorianist she's an 18th she studies the 18th century novel so we've got topics that you know we might look at pride and prejudice sometimes we looked at um the the movie the favorite when it came out you know we so oh, we try to that. we try to we try to bounce around and do a lot of interesting stuff and hopefully you know if we do a show one week on the favorite a week later, we do Avengers Endgame. The next week, we do uh, Dungeons and Dragons, the role-playing game. And then a week after that, we do Call of Duty. Hopefully, you know, you subscribe to the show. You get interested because of the one thing you're interested in. And then that sort of broadens your, your interest and makes you want to see some other stuff. Right. Okay. That was a lot. Um, my, my friend Ryan, I think would be interested in the Excalibur podcast, actually. Uh, he's a big X-Men guy. Yeah, it's been fun. Um, so my co-host on that are, um, Anna Papard, who is, um, she is, uh, well, they're we're, all three of us are comic studies people. Um, mm -hmm. but she is a massive, massive Nightcrawler fan. And the other is Andrew DeMond, who is the, uh, he is the project lead for a project called the Claremont Run, which is a Twitter feed that sort of analyzes. He's a very popular Twitter <laughs> Twitter feed. I'm very jealous that analyzes the entire run of X Men comics uh, from that Chris Claremont did from the beginning to the end. And he's and he's been going for a couple of years, and that that's been really really fascinating. So um, it's always really interesting conversation because we've got similar likes, but we've all got you know differences in the way that we approach them too. So. Yeah. Do you are you reading the current X Men run? Or I am you... Hickman. I'm loving yeah. it. Yeah, me I, too. I am I'm, I'm loving it. I see again, and I I know I understand why some people aren't right from both an from a nerd point of view and from an academic point of view. I understand why it's off putting to some people, but I I think that and I'm, I'm currently reading all of them. I think some of them are more successful than others. I think Hickman's doing a better job than um whoever is um no nah, i don't want to name any of them <laughs> there are some books i'm not in, and i'm not enjoying as much as as much as i'm enjoying others and yeah, i feel but, the same way i'm only yeah. i'm only not enjoying excalibur the current excalibur run i'm not i, I don't, don't really that, like i i don't care as much for the current excalibur i don't care at all for the current cable I, 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 at all Oh, i love cable really yeah. um i i think it's a good idea i i, I don't care for the execution of it I think it's just, I think it was recently canceled actually. <laughs> um but oh, I didn't um, hear that. I didn't yeah, I, didn't I think so. I'm not positive on that one. But yeah, but yeah, I'm doing but um I'm I'm greatly Dawn of X, uh Powers of X um was the best X-Men series I've read in as long as I can remember. Um okay, anyway. Let's move into this. Uh so you mm -hmm. are we know you we we can tell you're an X-Men fan, but um mm -hmm. what other fandoms have you been a part of? <laughs> all of them anything comics uh i've done like i said I've, I've been reading comic books for 40 years uh and i am a massive movie buff movie fan let's mm -hmm. see so I, so I read comics uh for a while i wrote and drew them uh, i'm a big movie fan uh big professional wrestling fan not as big as i used to be but I, but i think i mentioned i was for i was briefly a, a independent pro wrestler 
Um, and so I've done, I do stuff with that. Um, I, um, love just TV shows in general. Um, so, um, so I watch, well, certainly all the superhero stuff that like we live right now in, you know, if when I were seven years old and first began reading comics, if you told me 40 years later that we were going to live in this world where no, all, su all shows are superhero shows. Now, you know, all movies are superhero movies. I would have thought you were crazy, but it's a, in many ways, it's a paradise, right? Like I, like I, right. I, I remember having conversations with people when iron fist came out and this is the worst show ever. It's like, it's not the worst show ever. I used to watch Electra Girl and Dinah Woman. Um, this is <laughs> or Electra Woman and Dinah Girl. This is this is demonstrably better. You know, the cape was on TV 10 years ago. Inhumans was on TV the same year as Iron Fist. Iron Fist was not the worst show ever. It was the worst of the Netflix shows. So so things like that. I like to think of I like to think of us as living in this weird paradise of look, this is this is all I've ever wanted my entire life is to have you know, my choice of shows like this. So it can't last forever. So let's enjoy it while we are. That's a good point. Um, all right. So before you started your podcast, you know, you said you were a, you were, you said you were an independent wrestler. Yeah. It's a lot of jobs as an independent wrestler, as a photographer, a design. Well, my, my day job for the longest time was um, designing computer software. I did that for 20 years. Um, and then one day I just got really depressed about it. And my wife was like, well, you've always said you wanted to do, I was doing all this academic work on the side, just sort of for fun. And my wife said, go back to grad school, get your, get your PhD. And you know, you, it's the one thing that you enjoy that makes you happy. So go do that. So yeah. So I, I went back to school to do this. And so for the last um, seven years, I've been, I've been doing academic work full time and the podcast has just been, this is my opportunity Academic publishing is, a, for people who don't know, is a very lonely world where where you do a lot of research. You know, we don't get to just write think pieces. We do mm -hmm. a lot of research to write very scholarly articles that ten people read. You know, a <laughs> hundred right. if you're lucky. And you know, and so I do those. You know, and I, and I I still do those. That's my job, right? Mm -hmm. um, but it's also nice that you know. While I can't go, I mean, I just wrote this. Um, I just wrote this thing for a book coming out on on Superman, on representations of Superman in media. So that was something that I wrote one chapter in the book. It took me six months to go through and watch all of Smallville and and, and do research on philosophy and how it related to all of Smallville. <laughs> and um, and then I yeah, so yeah, it, it was great. I enjoyed it, but I also know that you know. 1000 people are going to read that book ever. Right. Mm -hmm. And it took, and it took six months of my life to do that. But if I just want to talk about Bridgerton for a week, I just get to do that. And this book won't, this book won't even be out till the fall. Right. Mm -hmm. But like, if I, if, if me and my co-host decide, Hey, we want to talk about Bridgerton. We want to talk about X-Men. We want to talk about whatever. That's just the show next week. And, you know, and frankly, we have as large, if not mo if not larger, of an audience than most of um, most of academic publishing will have. So it's been nice to just sort of be able to sort of get your thoughts out there. You know, like what can what can we do with this thing? So before all that, before you became mm -hmm. started writing books about Superman, how did you, <laughs> as a kid, or going through your other careers, how did you interact with your fandoms? uh prior to all that like were you on message boards yes were you on message boards i went to conventions um I, I went to my first comic con when i was nine ten wow. something like that. yeah when I, I was a little i mean i was um i mean i was i was born in the 70s so they were so so they weren't as common then well they're not common now because there's a pandemic but they weren't as common then as they are now in general so um i i started reading comics um my parents were divorced so um and my, I lived with my mother in Ohio. My father and my stepmother lived in Texas. So for summers, I would, you know, or in the holidays, like every other kid of a divorced family, you know, they, they toss you on a plane, they send you to the other place, right? Um, and so just to give me something to do, they would, you know, buy me comic books and, and toss me on the plane, you know? So I was, I was flying by myself. So I would just read comic books all the way there. And that's really how I got hooked on comics. Um, but I also, you know, I loved science fiction and fantasy a lot back then as a kid. I, I read a lot as a kid. 
Um, I loved movies. So it's always been, you know, once there was an internet and I could just talk to people, that was great. But, but I, you know, I would go to conventions, um, Pittsburgh Comic-Con, Houston Comic-Con, Cleveland Comic-Con, depending on where I was living at the time. And then, you know, now I've been to many more of them than those. Um, and, you know, there were always, you know, you, you, you have, I mean, now there's an internet, there's Facebook and everything. But before that, you know, you just found your community at school, right? Like, you know, I had kids at school that I played Dungeons and Dragons with, you know, that sort of thing into right. geeky stuff before before geeks were cool in the old days <laughs> just trying to not get beat up when we were all bullied. <laughs> that's right i wore a venom shirt to school one day and i got made fun of it's like never wore that shirt again um, yeah, yeah yeah that's pretty much it see you're in you're into spider-man what's wrong with you you're not into spider-man what's wrong with you you know that kind yeah. of... <laughs> well now everyone's into spider-man that's right. We won. We won. <laughs> it took a while. Anyway, though. Um, so, yeah. So that's what I find so interesting is is prior to a lot of um, these podcasts or even in your case, studying mm-hmm. uh, this sort of thing, um, how kind of uh, uh, small our knowledge was of pop culture, because we had these these echo chambers um, mm-hmm. I talk a lot about on the show about just this this idea that like we found our community at school, which was like five people that read the same comic <laughs> book, so we would talk about it. I'm like, that's all that was. So then, now moving into your academic career, to your podcasting career, you've already told us about um, what the impetus for starting the podcast was. Mm-hmm. Um, so now you interact with fandom in a, in a completely different way mm-hmm. how so just broadly at first how did that change your perception of fandom it's it's hard for me to i mean i don't know that it changed my perception i, I think fandom changed right because while we started doing this all the stuff that like i was into as a kid it's not just kind of popular it's really popular right now right like you know the biggest world movie in the world was about the Avengers. That makes no sense. It's the biggest movie ever. <laughs> and you're like, how is that even remotely possible? So I think that makes it more accepting. Plus, there's just more people who want to talk about it. Uh, and I also think the material got better. Like, yeah. so because of what I do, I have a lot of opportunity. Um, I have a lot of opportunity to go back and read superhero comics from the 40s and 50s and 60s, right? And I enjoy them because I'm a nerd, <laughs> but, um, but they're not good. Not in the way that we, and we say, you know, it's like, I mean, some of them are really, really corny and bad and, you know, like ridiculous in many, many ways. And I think that, um, you know, I've tried to, I've tried to get my wife, my wife and I've been married for a decade we've been together for 20 years right for longer than 20 for longer than 20 years um 22 years we've been together and you know there's um like having you know so having known her for for 22 years in this time she's read a dozen maybe 20 comic books (laughs) in the 20 years i've known her like and i can count them on like one hand like she enjoyed sandman you know um she's like this is weird i enjoy this but 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 it's it's a very small set of things that she'll even tolerate she she read Watchmen, you know like they're like she she read the few comics that she's read all of your listeners have read and you're like yeah everybody reads those yeah th- that's what my rice was she you know she knows who spider-man is but she's not a fan right um and if we have a date night and it's like you know it's your turn to pick pick a movie and then i go aha avengers endgame you know like fine you know <laughs> you know so like so so we'll go to stuff like that but she's not, you know, she's never going to just decide that she wants to go and watch an Avengers movie. Mm-hmm. But WandaVision, she was like, oh, there's something that here I'm in, you know, like this, this last year, she enjoyed that. She, you know, she was excited to, oh, there's, you know, she, I think, I don't think she watched it for the first three weeks. So then she caught up and it's just like, oh no, there's no more. We have to wait. You know, she enjoyed watching Breaking Bad with me, which isn't a comic book thing, but I think still fits in that world. She was a massive Game of Thrones fan. Could not wait for for each episode. Um, she's going through, so I, and she's going through right now and reading, um, reading uh, Steve Larson's, um, you know, Girl with Dragon Tattoo, all that stuff. Um, this is, um, the, so I think the world of what was traditionally geek media 
just kind of got good in the last you know couple of decades just slowly like and you i mean if you just look at if you compare iron man even from 2008 to the batman movies from the 90s from just 10 years difference i enjoy the batman movies but they're not as good as anything in the mcu stuff you know they're not re they, they really aren't or even like the the, Bat sure? the, the nolan movies hey are you sure you want the internet to come at you but yeah. saying that iron man is better than tim burton's batman uh iron man is better no i said tim burton's batman was not in, was not 1998 tim burton's batman was 1992 um iron iron man is absolutely better than joel schumacher's batman yeah at me <laughs> and i by the way i like joel schumacher's batman i like all of them including the one with clooney it's and not it, as good as iron man <laughs> i i just had to i just had to get the clarification because it's always yeah. good to cover your ass mm -hmm. no i would no um uh, burton's Burton's first Burton's Batman movies I enjoy, but here's this weird, you know, this weird thing. Um, I think the best of them is number two's Batman Returns of of that of those four films. It's barely a Batman movie. He's barely in it. That's a movie about the penguin. Mm -hmm. It's great, but it's not about Batman. <laughs> He's in it for like two seconds, <laughs> you know. And 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 there's um, you know, it's this kind of thing you do, you learn when you're doing academic analysis. Um, if you look at all the Batman movies, including the Nolan ones, right, which is all Batman, right? Batman's on screen very infrequently. Bruce Wayne's on screen a bit more, but Batman, there's there's very little Batmaning in those movies compared to say how much Spider-Maning there is in a Spider-Man movie. Uh, he doesn't he doesn't suit up very much. It, it um, those films are most most of the of the Nolan films. He's 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 doing other stuff, and you're seeing human drama. And I think that that you know that actually makes the Batman stuff really special right and and i think the more that these things get good you know yeah like because wandavision was so good now i'm going to be able to get my wife to watch uh falcon and winter soldier right like shows like shows you know that's a, that's an opportunity right um to where she wouldn't have cared before um it, it's a it's a way in so um so hopefully that's good too so that we can watch Loki together, right? You know, like you know, like that's that's the hope. They have to keep hitting them out of the park. And you know, she she enjoyed the Daredevil show. She enjoyed um, she enjoyed Jessica Jones a lot. Um, she enjoyed Luke Cage a lot. And then Iron Fist was a misstep. It, the quality went down. And again, I don't think Iron Fist was horrible. I know a lot of people will say that. I thought Iron Fist was fine. It's not as good as those other three shows. So she's like, eh, I'm done. Yeah, watch this after I go to bed. Is what that right. becomes. So. The, the the issue there is that Iron Fist was followed by Defenders. Like Defenders was good, but by that point you just watched Iron Fist. You're like, I'm kind of done. Defenders was okay. Defenders, I thought was, I thought was better than Iron Fist. I thought it was not as good as Cage or um or the first season of Jessica Jones or Daredevil. Um, what my see, I'm weird. My favorite episode of Defenders. Like, in fact, my favorite episode of any of the Netflix shows, all of them together, is one episode of Defenders, and it's the one that everybody else hates. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. I love I love them all sitting together in the Chinese restaurant and having dinner. I thought it was brilliant. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and and I've talked to people where I was like, that's the worst one. Nothing happens. They're like, no, it's great. They have a conversation, and, and they talk about stuff, and, and they interact. It's like just, you know. I was all, you know, I, I love the Chinese restaurant episode. That was like my favorite episode of any of the Netflix shows. <laughs> They're just, just sitting there talking. I, uh, I sadly dropped off all the Marvel TV shows after Defenders. I watched a bit of Punisher, but I, I it was, it got too overwhelming and I had to stop. Yeah. Well, Punisher, I like, um, this is to counter the Iron Fist thing. Iron Fist season two is really good. It's really good. I've it's, heard, it's I've heard. Yeah. And 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 its ratings, from what I understand, were horrible. No one gave it a chance. People were done. It is it is very much, you know, people were sick of him. It's like, oh, he's stupid. And I'm like, yeah, well, Iron Fist season two is about how stupid he is. That's what it's about. It's <laughs> it's and and it's intentional. It's not like it's an it's not like ironically, they understood the lessons from the first season. It's really good. Um and it's a, and people are like, well, he doesn't even deserve to be Iron Fist. Yeah, that's what season two is about. The bad guy's like, you don't deserve to be Iron Fist. And I don't want to spoil it. People go should, should go watch it. It's good. Uh, I'm I'm actually going back through them again. But you seem like someone who is like energized by all this like media, by all this like comic book media out there. Um, do you think it's a? Do you see any dissenting opinions that like, um, that that like come at you being too overwhelmingly positive, or is do you just try to like kind of like bounce? 
Just kind of well, to yourself. To be fair, I'm only talking about the stuff that I like, right? Like we haven't sure. talked about Inhumans, right? <laughs> you know, again, again, I've watched them. I've watched them all, right? So, yeah. so I'm specifically picking the ones that I really enjoyed. Some of them are are trouble to get through, you know. And what what I don't want is people adding me over my feelings on, say, BVS. So I'm not mentioning it. <laughs> um, um, I did not enjoy that film. Um, <laughs> there, so I I do think, but I I think it should be okay to not like stuff. One of the, and I think we're maybe getting there to where there's enough stuff that like it's okay to not like stuff when i was a kid we had if we're if we were lucky we had one superhero show on the air at a time i mean i, I mentioned you know electro woman and dyna girl right like that's what what there was wonder woman was gone and we had that right you know and you know we had wonder woman at one point we had incredible hawk at one point sometimes it wasn't even stuff that you had heard of before right i watched manimal as a kid and if you haven't watched manimal go on youtube <laughs> so so and you weren't allowed to not like Manimal. You had to watch Manimal every week because we needed to keep the ratings high enough so that it would stay on the air. Because if we didn't have Manimal, we had nothing. And there were points when it would just go off the air. And it's like, there's nothing on the air. You know, years before Smallville, there's just nothing to watch, right? So now I think for a long time, we were like, you weren't allowed to not like certain stuff, right? Hmm. You, you, you know, you're, if you're a real comic book fan, you like everything. And now you don't have to anymore. Like, um, I liked Legion a lot. But sure. Legion is not a show for everybody. There's it's a lot of work to watch Legion. Like you can't just sit down and watch it. Like if you if somebody was, my wife's never seen Legion um, because I'm not going to even attempt to make her like, what is this about? I know, <laughs> you know, you know it, it is. It's a guy. He might be crazy. He might not. I mean, there is there a reality? I don't know. You know, and she's like, how do you not know? You've watched a show. Yeah, I'm not sure. I don't <laughs> I, I don't know. Legion's confusing. And I like that feeling. Right. Um, but I think people need to be allowed to not like things. I need to be allowed to not like um, because if I have to like everything, then it's all meaningless. Right. If I'm just if I'm just a fan of stuff just because it's pop culture, then then I'm not really first off, I'm not doing my job as an academic. I'm you know, my job is to criticize stuff and fill and figure and figure these things out. But also I'm not, you know, even as a fan, if every if 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 we as fans decide that we like something just because it has a Marvel logo on it and that's enough, then that means they're gonna stop trying. They're just gonna pump garbage out because you'll buy whatever. So I think being critical of it is good. But you should also be, you know, uh, uh, you should be just as critical positively as you are negatively, right? So I'll glow about an Avengers Endgame because I really think it was amazing. I think it was a phenomenal achievement. Um, and I can do that because I can say, um, I can say, here, give you the two that have, have exact equal level. I loved the first Wonder Woman movie. I thought it was brilliant. I hated the second Wonder Woman movie. I thought it was awful also me too <laughs> yeah um same same cast same director i thought one was really really good and one yeah, was writer. really really bad uh -huh. uh, but but she co-wrote both of them like there there were enough people yeah. there that there should have been consistency and there was okay. not and it was bad <laughs> okay but there's a difference between alan heinberg who wrote the first film and jeff johns who wrote the second film absolutely absolutely but patty jenkins was that patty jenkins has story credit on both and she was directing both and if she and by the way i like patty jenkins as a director a lot and i think she's talented and she should have fixed it there were things that were broken in that movie and i feel like i can say that because I cannot wait for Wonder Woman 3, and I desperately want Wonder Woman 3 to be good, right? Yeah. So I will be critical of Wonder Woman 2. There were many, many things in that movie that I did not like, and I will say that because I want them to fix it. I don't want them to just pump garbage at me just because, oh, comic book fans will buy anything. I, right. I think that that was true for a while, and I don't and, – and, and in the comic book industry, it almost killed the comic book industry. There was a point, like the late 90s, early 2000s, I don't know, just publish something and put a hologram cover on it and they'll buy it. Like that was the mentality. I, mm. I lived through that. I don't want to go back to that place. That was a bad place with a lot of bad stories. So let's, so let's not do that. But what I meant to, what I meant to say was um, a lot of people look at this huge influx of content of films and TV shows and all these things that are just constantly being adapted from comic books. I'm not even talking just Marvel. I'm talking like mm -hmm. Lock and Key, Sandman, Jupiter's mm -hmm. Legacy coming like all those things 
and people feel burnt out, but I don't get that sense from you. I don't get the sense that I don't get the sense that burnout has hit you. It I hope it doesn't. I mean, well, so there's a couple of things. First off, I've it's not, you know, for for probably for most of fandom, you know, and I'm using that, you know, with scare quotes, you know, fandom being the people who just consider, you know, who say I'm a superhero fan and on the internet, but what they mean is they got into this stuff with Iron Man and with um and with Batman Begins, right? It's mm-hmm. been 12 years, right? It's been it it hasn't been that long. And you know, there's been varying quality and it has expanded. For me, it's literally been 40 years that I've been reading these, right? And and I've loved them this long. You know, I'm a human man, so theoretically I'm going to die at some point in the next 40. So I think I can write it out, right? Like that's a that, that that's the plan is just to enjoy this the entire time. Um so but also i am not limiting myself to one fandom intentionally i like stories that are interesting um what's great is that i happen to like superhero stuff and have for my have my entire life so i can suddenly i suddenly something i can just talk to with talk to people about with like 90% of people, right? Like I can just talk to anybody about, about WandaVision. WandaVision was massive, but also not a superhero story. I loved Breaking Bad. Breaking Bad was one of the most amazing television experiences that, that I can remember in a long, long time. Um, very recently, Queen's Gambit TV show that I thought was brilliant. Br- Bridgerton I liked, I thought it was less brilliant. Queen's Gambit I thought was amazing. The most, the best book that I've read in decades and again it's my job to read books for a living many of which are not pop culture books mm-hmm. but um there's a book that i read this um that i read uh a couple of months ago called the vanishing half it's a brilliant novel it's not about superheroes at all and i can't talk about that with just random geek fans because it's never going to be kind of a geeky show it's a it's a book about race relations for people who can who are who can pass as who for black people who can pass as white people um running from i think 1965 or something like that through like 2015 it, it's just it's this really weird innovative story that covers three generations of this family mostly two generations but three to a lesser extent and it's really really good and i really enjoyed it but it doesn't have the kind of you know so it doesn't have the kind of geek appeal to where it's going to be super popular um but it gives me other things to do you know i can i can write an academic article about that and people will love me but it, it gives me it gives me other things to talk about and I don't think we have to get burnt out, right? Like well, if your job, if you're only watching, if you're making it your job to watch superhero movies, that's all you're going to do is you're just going to watch all superhero movies and only ones from Marvel. You're going to get bored really fast. I didn't like, I didn't like Justice League. I'm not particularly a big, a, a big Zack Snyder fan, but I'll be watching his thing in two weeks because uh, what is he going to do here? I really, I like, like I was not a, you know, I was not on team release the Snyder cut. I was on team. Let it go. Just, just, we, we, we dodged a bullet here, but now that it's happening. Yeah. Now that we're, yeah. Now that it's happening. I, I, I want to see it. Like I, and I, and I will give it a fair shot, you know? So I'm, I don't automatically hate Zack Snyder. I did not like his Superman movies um, or his Batman Superman movies. I did not like, um, I did not like uh, Watchmen, um, and Watchmen's one of my favorite books. I did not like that movie. Huh? I really don't like that movie. Yeah, I don't. I don't. I, I like the Watchmen TV show, but I did not like the Watchmen movie. Um, yeah. But and here's and here's where I differ from other people. I love Sucker Punch. I thought Sucker Punch was brilliant. Yeah. It's it's not a good story, but I thought it was. I mean, what Zack Snyder is a breathtakingly gifted visual filmmaker. And Sucker Punch is a, is a is a movie with almost no. It's I, I think I said my review of it when I wrote a review of it when it first came out. I said this is the best pop. This is pop. This is the best possible movie a person can make without story, character, or or socially redeeming value. Um, <laughs> <laughs> all the stuff I normally look for in a movie, not there. It is gorgeous, and it was just let his if they he you know he was given money to let his imagination run wild. And he created something that is breathtaking. So if he does that with um, with Justice League, I'm on board. If he makes another BVS, 
I'm I'm not on board. I didn't like BVS. So so I will give it a chance because I think that you know we're lucky. We live in a world that has you know people stream television to my giant TV in my home. You know I don't even have to go outside. Can, if you think about the last pandemic where people were stuck in, you know, a hundred years ago, that must have sucked. You know, we've got a good thing going here. So yeah, I'm all about being excited and you know, jumping in full blast. That's really cool. Um, it's it's really just a fresh breath, fresh air, even hearing you talk about this sort of thing. Mm-hmm. I'm very interesting and interested in hearing an academic view of fandom culture. <laughs> Mine or like the standard one, because I don't like the standard one. I want you. I want <laughs> oh. you- why you're here okay mine i i think fandom culture is uh, is impressive i think it needs to be respected i think that academia um over the last couple of decades has sort of embraced the graphic novel and they will call it that the graphic novel this is serious stuff it is not comic books these are not for children we are going to read mouse mouse is brilliant it's a really good book if you haven't read mouse read it however um for 50 years previous to that academia looked down its nose at you know oh those are children's things you know like and you know there was this there was this intellectual disdain for what we now call fandom it was just the comic it was just the nerds back then but you know what we now call fandom was it was disdained for a long long time and to its credit you asked me about the first time i went to a comic book convention i think i was seven or eight years old and it was amazing to me because even though i didn't understand everything i was like a little kid it was amazing that there were people thinking about these things that i loved on this massive level because because academia looked down on people comic book fandom built itself it built its own world right like you have think pieces on the internet you have people who with blogs you have people with podcasts who you know yes i get that i you know went out and got a phd and did all this you know and, you know all the schooling and stuff but i didn't need to right there are people who literally just i want to sit there and think about about hickman's x-men and and talk about it with people right there are, and i think that's amazing i think that the the love even the guys who hate stuff even when you have even my least favorite people who are the well you know i know that captain marvel is going to suck because feminism is evil and brie larson's in it and she's horrible and are you gonna see it yeah i'm going to go see it just because i hate it you know there are people who will say stuff like that and i don't have a lot of respect for them (laughs) Mm -hmm. at me sure you know (laughs) but but um but they're doing a thing at least they're at least you know these are people who are you know they're gatekeeping which i don't like but they're gatekeeping because they feel something that's theirs is precious to them right so there's a love deep under it there's a love for material and for media that i think they're expressing in the long in the wrong way and they're hurting people in the way they're expressing it but i do think that there's something there and i think that from an academic point of view um, if my job as a as literary and cultural studies is what um, is the field of of English lit that I'm that I'm technically in, and as as a literary and cultural theorist, as a cultural theorist, if my job is to sit there and try to understand what culture was right was like when Pride and Prejudice was written, or what culture was re- like when Romeo and Juliet was written, or or Moby Dick, right? Any of these books, these great, you know, or even something more recent like um, Toni Morrison's Beloved is a is a book that most people consider canonized that's written late 20th century, right? Um, if I'm supposed to look at these things as serious literature and try to make determinations about what the world was like, then I should be able to do that with Witchblade. Sure. I should be able to do that with X-Men. I should be able to do that with uh, with any kind of culture. Um, and again, with Avengers Endgame, because no matter how intellectual you think you are 
it was the biggest movie ever created. Everyone in the world saw this movie. So like, that's meaningful, right? Um, here's one that won't piss off your listeners, right? Like your listeners probably, you probably don't have a lot of people who are fans of Twilight or Fifty Shades of Grey, right? Like, no, no. Yeah, you, know, you might you might have some, but there are nerd culture likes to look down on those books. Academic mm -hmm. culture also likes to look down on those books. Those books books meant something to so many people. There are the, you know the Twilight books. There were grandmothers sharing this with their granddaughters. You know that's important, right? That is a, that is an important moment to have something that speaks to eighty year old women and ten year old girls. Right. And and like it might not be your fandom, but don't look down on it because there's something there that's meaningful and frankly beautiful. And it says something about the kind of people to, you know, what what is it about this story that can connect three generations? Right. Or Fifty Shades of Grey, which they're books that are not good. I've read them. I've not read them all the way through, but I've read a lot of it. Right. And um I, most of my colleagues academically won't even give it a shot. Well, that's just garbage. Why would you even look at that? And I'm like, because that woman is a billionaire now because a billion people read that book, you know, like, yeah, you might say it's just salacious, tawdry sex stuff for, for, you know, housewives in the Midwest. There are a lot of housewives in the Midwest. They have a culture. They're important people. These are human beings. Why are they reading this book? So that's what I did that you brought up uh Fifty Shades of Twilight in the same mm -hmm. breath because there Fifty Shades started as Twilight fanfic. Twilight fanfic. Yes. Yeah. Weird. And that's and and that's fascinating, right? Because like even there, like I think there's a story there. If you're if I say Twilight is this cross-generational thing that got again, and I'm I mean seriously, it got grandmothers talking to their daughters and their granddaughters to mm -hmm. to rally together and some boys you know there were boys in there too but it was, it was mostly focused at young girls and then they like shared it as this multi-generational thing and that's interesting in and of itself but then the fact that like they took this thing twilight and then some woman said yes but what if we replaced all the vampires with bdsm <laughs> eh, eh, eh? kinky right and like and, and she did that and like that should have been i mean I've read fanfic before. There's tons of fanfic on the internet that's like, you know, what would it be like if Nightcrawler slept with a uh, Supergirl, right? Like that, that exists, you know, we're, you know, and you go, they're not even from the same company, but like somebody has that thought. And I assure you that ship is out there somewhere. Right. So mm -hmm. like some woman says, well, I want to see what this is like. And rather than it just kind of going to, you know, archive of, of our own and just living in its own little corner it became this billion dollar book industry and that's interesting because that means that there wasn't it wasn't just james there were a lot of people out there who were you know who were reading twilight with their mothers and their daughters right like you know like 40 year old women who are reading twilight with their you know 10 year old daughters going well yes but this is the version just for mommy you know, and that's awesome. Like, I mean, I'm not making fun of it. I think that's wonderful. Like if it might not be for me, not everything's for me. If it, if it brought joy to them, then I think we need to understand why, because you know, now I'm going to get academic. We live in a world, we being Americans, because not the entire world, but the United States is a world that in many ways can be very sexually repressive. And so, you know, we have, we have problems with, um, with kink culture, BDSM, we have problems with LGBTQ culture. It's better than it was when I was a kid, but it's certainly not good yet, right? So to the extent that we have something like fandom, which can make us understanding of, you know, of things that are not just like us, I think that's a good thing, right? If someone is able to explore their repressed homosexuality by writing about nightcrawler having sex with wolverine good for you yeah. like like i mean and, I, and again you don't have to like it it doesn't have to be for you but that is a valuable thing that exists that you only get in a world where anybody can log onto a website and post a story and that's phenomenal that's you know like the idea of anybody being able to have an audience of anybody being able to have a podcast you know, this is new, right? It used to be really hard to be on the radio. <laughs> you know, you know, like like 
you have you have a radio show because you decided you wanted a radio show right that's great <laughs> you know like you know it's like i have a radio show you know it's like literally somebody uh, i had i have academic friends who are like you have a pot you have a podcast that's amazing how did you get a podcast and i go well I had $80 and I went out and bought a microphone and, <laughs> you know, like that's, that's literally the startup cost. It wasn't, you know, it wasn't that hard. So, you know, you know, it. you brought, you brought a lot of things like, you know, the sexually repressed culture thing is so interesting reading the current X-Men run, which we talked about in, in the beginning, which is very opposite of that. It's brilliant. Uh, Hick, Hickman. And, and it was subtle at first, but um, and we've talked about this on both of my shows um, because uh, the X collar one, obviously there's an obvious X-Men connection. And then we did an episode called, you know, sex and superheroes of, of Vox Popcast um, recently. And, you know, it was, you know, when, when house of X first starts, you go, huh, that's kind of weird. They're all naked. And then like six issues later, they're having an orgy and you're like, what am i reading you know this is, um but it's been they have made it very clear that there are a lot of bisexual mutants running around on this island who are living polyamorously in love with each other and i think that that's brilliant i just read an issue of x factor the most recent issue of x factor speed uh one one of wanda's kids mm -hmm. just shows up for a quickie with his boyfriend and then leaves and then leaves yes that's the page yep <laughs> That's great. Isn't that great? Because that's just, and and it, and it's not it's not played for laugh. I mean it's played for oh that's kind of neat, but it's taken seriously. It's the it's the we can do this. They are adults. This is their world and it's been fine. I I think it's been great. And then Scott and Gene and and Wolverine are definitely in a threesome. They and I mean they've made that clear, and they've implied it's it's still not clear where Emma fits in, but it's implied that she does. She fits in somewhere though. Yeah, and it, and I'm not. I I think she's supposed to be with both Gene and Scott. Like she, it's clearly hinted that she's with Scott still, but I think it's been hinted that she's with Gene. And and it's I've only got the Scott thing. Yeah. It, it, um. There's the um. Their relationship is very different than it ever has been before. And it really shows up to me in that one. Oh, what's is it? I think it's just called Emma Frost and Jean Grey. It's the issue where Storm is in a coma. Yeah, I remember that one. And I uh, and there's a lot. And and when when they go to go in, into their in their mind, Jean makes a Jean makes a definite point of kissing both Logan and Scott. And then there's the there's a lot of just non-conversation because that's a mostly silent book, which I thought was absolutely brilliant. But from that, I very much, and from that and from the point when they share that beer at the last issue of, of house of X, mm -hmm. I really felt like they're going, you know, look, this is, you know, Jean's accepted that, that Emma and Scott are in a relationship and they're bridging things. And are they sexually involved? I don't know, but they are, what the polyamorous community would call metamors at the very least, if not romantically figuring things out. It's not, it's not clear. And I like that exploration. I don't need all the answers at first. I, like uh, um, a lot of people with WandaVision, I think people got over it, but with WandaVision, a lot of people were like, this show moves really slow. Nothing's happening first three episodes. You know, why are we still in the sitcom world? Where's the fight? I love that kind of stuff. I don't want all the answers at first. Like confuse me, give me something to work for make me enjoy it you know i've got nine episodes of this to get through so so i'm i'm enjoying the ride with with hickman's x-men a lot um i so man we've covered a lot um this is great man this is great stuff um i wanted to ask i think this is just my last thing that i'll ask about um do you think it's important to find in this day and age um especially we talked about how people used to find echo chambers on the school playground and talk mm -hmm. to your friends do you think it's important that now even in this space you're a leader of of a fandom because you've got a voice out there where some where others don't do you think it's important to find your uh, like a new echo chamber like on the internet or in, in your in your own yeah place? i'm doing um this goes into um again i have a real job besides just talking about nerd stuff for a living um one of the, i'm giving a talk in two weeks about um uh, uh about racial justice on the internet so right. I'm going to give give you a short version of the same thing that I'm going to that I'm going to be talking about there because they're not they're not talking about geek stuff they're talking about just in general. 
I don't like echo chambers. I don't think, I think that echo chambers are important because I think it's important to have a place that you can, you know, the the derisive name that we give it at Lions Hill. You want a safe space, you snowflake. I think safe spaces are important. I think it's great to have somewhere that you can discuss X-Men or Fifty Shades of Grey or Pride and Prejudice with like-minded people who aren't going to make fun of you. You know, I, you know, I was a kid, I was a seven-year-old kid who liked comic books and it was fine. I was a 15-year-old kid who liked comic books. That was less fine, you know? So so I don't want that world back. I, I like that there are places that you can go and do that. Um, I do not like when people exist solely in echo chambers to where they don't get experience with new things. Mm-hmm. And in the geek world, that means, you know, if you like the Netflix shows, if you're a fan of Daredevil and if you watch Netflix and you liked Daredevil and you liked um, Punisher and Jessica Jones or whatever, go watch Queen's Gambit. It, you, you know, you've got the service already. Give it a try and then give Bridget in a try because Bridget was actually really good. And I think people wouldn't necessarily give it a try. That's that's what Vox Popcast is all about. We're mm-hmm. trying to get people to try other things. And as silly as that seems, I think that if you can understand that it's okay to, it's not a, you know, you're not betraying your superhero fandom by liking this period romance, right? You know, um, it's good. So go enjoy good things or watch it and decide, I don't like it, but I understand why people do. And the reason I'm saying all this is because I think that if you can do that, if you can see that there's a reason to like both Star Trek and Star Wars, there's a reason to like both Marvel and and DC or or um, Disney and Netflix or whatever, right? Like you, if you can see that, then hopefully you understand or you come to understand that there's more to life than whatever you get on the one news network that you like because it matches your political point of view sure um or your your ideological point of view or your religious point of view right mm-hmm. i don't have to you know one of the great things about because being an academic i also teach right um and i i taught a book recently where i had one student who read it and her her response was ba- there's a point in the book where um where a young woman is raped and has an abortion and the book shows the the, shows talks about um the woman struggling and crying and uh feeling abandoned by her family and feeling abandoned by you know it's it's it is a really heart-wrenching scene i mean i don't think we don't need to go, go into too many details it's unpleasant um and it sort of and i had one student respond to it saying you know what this is weird because she's she and she said she said i am pro-life i've been pro-life my entire life and i'm I'm definitely not going to say this is going to make me pro-choice um and i'm not going to be marching for it or anything but i will say that i have never before considered how a woman who didn't want to get an abortion but got one anyway might feel Mm -hmm. and oh my god this was heartbreaking i cried reading it because she was like she was like just she's like i've never considered how the trauma or what that mentality is and to feel like you had nowhere to turn and that everybody else had abandoned you and you know on top of having just been raped she was like this is absolutely heartbreaking i don't know what to do with it but she wrote about that and she told me about it and i was like well so what do you think about it she's like well i think she's like she's like i'm not going to change my viewpoint but I think I'm going to be more understanding of people who have the opposite viewpoint because it's not just happening in my head, right? They've probably got reasons. Yeah. And I think that's a step forward. Like to me, if you, and and, and, it's, and I know it's a roundabout way of getting there to, you know, from your original question, but to me that starts with 
being able to read stuff or watch stuff that isn't about people just like you. You know, we always talk about um, it's very, very big in fan culture right now to say representation is important. Right. And like, you know, why, you know, Black Panther is great because now I have um, I have a superhero who looks like me as a black man. Or if you're a woman, Captain Marvel or Wonder Woman, you know, or, you know, there's a gay there's a gay character in Frozen. You know, this, this is important. And those things are important. There's hmm? a gay character in WandaVision. And Wanda, yeah. Um, you'd have to, you'd have to know, but, but yes, <laughs> but yeah, I, I, it's important to have those things. Um, but I think even more important than seeing yourself on screen is seeing people who aren't like you on screen, because that's how you get to understand things. Right. Um, my co-host on Vox Pop, um, often says he's, he said, he says, um, uh, again, I'm a black man. Wayne's a white man, and Wayne grew up in rural, rural, rural Pennsylvania. And he he will say he met um, he'd met two black people before college in his life, just not not trying to avoid them. That's just all he'd ever encountered. And he said, growing up, you know, he, you know, and he's he's not racist, nicest guy in the world. He's like, and the reason he says that is because growing up, his best black his best black friend was Luke Cage. He just, you know, he liked reading about him because he found him interesting, and he think he he will flat flatly say that um, understanding that there's a world of people who have different problems than he has mm -hmm. has made him a better person today. So that's what I think fan culture is really about. I think that I, I think that if you watch Mandalorian and you see you watch the Mandalorian and you see him going from. I was going to say town to town, but planet to planet. I mean, it's a Western. But you see the Mandalorian going from town to town, encountering people who aren't just like him and encountering problems that if you pay attention, you'll see that they're, you know, they're problems that exist in our world, just in Star Wars world. And you can understand that there are problems that maybe people who are poorer than you have or people who are richer than you or more religious than you or less religious than you. You know, there are people there are problems that people have that are not your problems, but you can start to understand those problems. I think that culture, fan culture does that for you. And I think that seeking out new fan cultures even if you're not going to become a member of them, but just experiencing them, I think it makes you a better person. I think you're a better person having given, and again, that's why I'm going to watch the Snyder cut. You know, I don't need to like it, but I, but I need to appreciate that there are people who have spent the better part of three years begging for this begging, you know, and they got it. So I think I owe it to them as a cultural critic, as a professional cultural critic, I owe it to them to at least give them their shot. So that's why I'm going to watch it. And I think I, I hope that other people give things like that a shot. And then I'll make fun of it later. <laughs> you know, I mean, probably, I don't know. Maybe it'll be good. I hope it's good, but you know, it probably won't be. And I will be honest about it, but I, but I do think it deserves its fair shot just like everything else. So right. read books, watch movies, <laughs> media right. good. <laughs> All right, man. That was great. That's all I got for you, though. Thanks, uh, it was fun. Why don't you Why don't you plug plug your shows again? Uh, plug where the people can find you. Uh, yeah. Your writing things. Uh, let's see. The the well, the shows are uh, Vox Popcast. That's V O X P O P C A S T, and it's voxpopcast dot com. It's on um, it's on YouTube as well, <laughs> and um, there's available from all of your finest podcasts. I was going to say purchasing, but podcasts, getting places, it's Apple, Spotify, all, all that stuff. And then the other show is, oh gosh, oh golly, oh wow, the longest title we could come up with. And that's available from, you know, from exactly where you think, yeah, where you think, same places, all the podcast places. Um, and they're, they're both a blast. We would love to, you know, they both have Twitter accounts and, uh, and stuff like that. So you can interact with us. Um, oh gosh, oh golly, oh wow. It has its, it has a separate podcast feed, but its YouTube videos also appear on on the Vox Podcast YouTube. We, we share it's, the YouTube channel is just called Vox Podcast, and it's got both shows on it because it's YouTube. It'd be silly to make two channels. <laughs> um, so just like, but subscribe to the YouTube feed. Subscribe to both shows on Spotify or Apple or whatever you you use, and then you can follow me 
on Twitter or Instagram or Facebook or wherever social media stuff is. I'm usually at Chris Maverick. My name is C-H-R-I-S-M-A-V-E-R-I-C-K. All right, man. Well, um, I'm going to let my future self play us out. Let me just thank <laughs> you again. All right. Bye. All right. Thank you, past me. Hello again to present me or past me at the point. Don't worry about it. All right. Um, so as you just heard, it was Chris Maverick. I hope you guys got a lot out of that. I certainly did. Um, I have to re-listen to these over and over again, and I always... Um, get little snippets that I just, you know, I didn't pick up on the first time I listened. I was doing the interview. So these are really valuable to me, and I hope they're really valuable to you too. Like I said up top, everywhere that you can find Chris Maverick or Mav uh, is linked below. So check out all those links where you can find Vox Popcast or, or Oh Gosh, Oh Golly, Oh Wow. Um, follow on them on, on the socials. Of course, you can find me everywhere on the internet at BT McClure on Instagram and Twitter. My podcast network, really, uh, Fake Nerd Podcast, is uh, everywhere. You know, all the social medias on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Uh, our website is fakenerdpodcast.com. I put up writings there if you guys are interested in some of my writings. Um, we have other shows up on our YouTube channel, not just audio shows. We have our video shows, such as Fake Nerd Book Club, Fake Nerd Watch, which we just put up an Invincible episode. We talked about the first season of Invincible in its entirety. Basement Arcade and Basement Arcade Pause Menu. Um, and, you know, honestly, I'm just going to tease it. More to come. We do a lot of shows, and we really enjoy it. And once again, if you'd like to be a part of the show, if you have a geek podcast, I'd really like to hear from you at fakenerdguys at gmail.com. Uh, thank you again so much for the reception here. Um, this has been really great. Um, until next Thursday, where I'm talking to Sparks Witty. I'm actually talking to my co-host of the Fakner podcast sparks witty that's going to be a two-parter this will kind of um this episode is the last for now of the Podmates tour that i told you guys about last week um and i'm going to be talking to sparks witty um we get his side in the first episode and then my side and the second episode so there's gonna be a two-parter um stay tuned for that that was a lot of fun all right until next week this sparks witty Stay true to the fan in you.